everyone and welcome to episode 20 of the Therapeutic Rainbow and I'm really excited about today's episode and I'd like to welcome Sarah from Little Hearts Music. So welcome to the podcast and thank Hi. you very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me Tasha, it's really nice to be here chatting with you. Yeah, so do you want to tell the listeners all about who you are? I shall. Um, I'm Sarah and I I'm a music therapist, so I qualified in 22, ooh, 2009, I think, a while ago now. Um, and I've worked since then with a, a number of sort of different client groups. Um, and it wasn't until I started having my own children, my eldest is nearly eight, that the idea for Little Hearts Music sort of started to grow. Um, yeah. And it was, it it really came from two places. So the, the music therapy training, and attending my own baby groups with my own daughter yeah. and realizing that actually there was nothing that really kind of satisfied my needs as a musician for my baby um, and wanting there to be more in terms of real music and interaction with the music and music to support the mum and the baby rather than just stick on a CD, sing some songs, shake a tambourine in their face. You know, that's Absolutely. all great fun, but actually <laughs> I knew there could be a lot more. Um, so Little Hearts wasn't born, in fact, until 2018 after my son was born, but the idea had been kind of simmering away and I'd been running under another under a friend's kind of umbrella for a little while as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was 2018 that we set up Little Hearts and we is myself and my husband John who does lots of the songwriting with me he's a musician as well um, and he does lots of our behind the scenes stuff all the kind of websitey things and the technical bits um yeah <laughs> very exciting so I guess thinking about that then how's lockdown been for you in terms of your work and have you found an increase in the need for it and the need for those connections really yeah it's been really interesting actually um so there's there's kind of so many strands to that i think the initially in march of 2020 um there was that real loss that real kind of almost bereavement that everyone felt of things that we knew wouldn't be happening now for the next however long things that we thought might still be able to happen but we didn't know if they would and actually I, I went straight away um, onto Facebook and did a sort of live session and had loads of people watching. And I was like, oh, that's really great. People still want it. And then I moved over to Zoom, which took a lot of getting my head around. And then I was back on Facebook and and it, in amongst the logistics of how I would run the groups online, I also had obviously my own children at home at the same time. Absolutely. So... I couldn't just carry on with the same timetable as I had been because my husband was also trying to work. We had two children at home who were supposed to be, you know, trying to keep them educated and keep them occupied. Um, and so I had to condense from five groups down to one session a week, which meant that I ended up just doing a Facebook group because I knew that it could be open and whoever wanted to yeah. come could be there. And, and also for me, I didn't have to keep track of who was coming and whether they'd paid and you know it was very much like if you want to come it's there and if you want to pay please do um and I had some weeks that were huge and the groups were enormous and then by the summer things had obviously dwindled off a bit because we were able to go out and people wanted to be outside 
Um, and also just Zoom fatigue. People were really fed up of having their little ones staring at screens, um, which was something that took me a really long time to get my head around because one of our main sort of aims and ethoses of Little Hearts Music is the interaction. It's being with the children in the music and it's responding to them musically and offering them choices and waiting for their musical cues before I sing the next line. And you can't really do a lot of that, A, over Zoom and B, in huge groups. So I had to really think, rethink how I was kind of running things. Um, So there have been quite a few changes for us in the last 12 months, but, but good changes and positive and growth. So yeah but but there was definitely a need and people really wanted to to kind of keep that normality for them and their little ones have a bit of contact with other people and try to keep things going that they that they enjoyed and they were used to doing so because i know when i had the girls and those groups were so important it was that real as you Mm. say that real connection that real i mean i've made some of my closest friends through going to like Mm. baby sensory and those kind of classes so I think actually especially with the kind of year nearly that we've been through it's so important to kind of for first time mums or even second time mums to have that and dads to have that connection yeah and I think that's been a real one of our big shifts is that you know prior to lockdown I had lots of different groups of different ages and probably the most popular one was the sort of age two to preschool type age with lots of movement and lots of you know energy in the room and that is almost non-existent now because two or three-year-olds don't want to be sat looking at a screen trying to get someone on screen engaging them um and the opposite side is that my tiny babies who are all first time or you know they're new babies born within the last year they're not all first time mums but um you know there is a lot of, of first time parents they're, they're, they have nothing they've not met anyone their baby yeah. hasn't met anyone and it's yeah. it's really desperate for a lot of those families they've lost a huge amount of community socializing support it's just enormous for them so that that is definitely something that I've seen grown and a real need for um yeah, yeah supporting parents and, and new parents especially mm. and I think I guess music especially do you find me obviously you're a music therapist so what is it about music like I use a little bit of it in the work but not mm. enough really because again <laughs> for me it's if the child chooses it then I yeah. can connect with them but because yeah. there's obviously so much on offer yeah yeah so what I do think you find the power of music to be it's so interesting because I I think at each different point in my life and in my career I've had a different answer for that question um, <laughs> and I think at the moment it's it's so much about creating so whether the creation is you yourself playing music you know plinking around the piano or just singing or whatever or whether the creation is you sticking on the radio and singing along or dancing around your kitchen. Music as a tool for creativity and as an outlet for emotional stress, for mental buildup, it is so vital. And I feel like I'm constantly saying to people at the moment, especially my new mums, just sing, just sing to your baby, sing to them all the time. You know, they love your voice. Babies can't get enough of mummy's voice. They know it from inside the womb. 
Yeah. They recognise it when they're born. If it's five o'clock in the morning and you've tried everything else, just sing to them. And you might have already tried that a thousand times, but just give it another go because singing calms you down. It releases those lovely, happy hormones in your body. Baby can feed off that and baby can hear your voice and relieve, receive all that comfort. And yeah, it's just wonderful. So, so absolutely. I think the power of music right now is the, the potential for creativity and yeah the outlet that we all need at the moment absolutely and I think there's such a huge stigma I know when I train students in kind of the music module of the play therapy course mm. and you see them kind of go well I can't sing I can't mm. create music and I'm like it's not about that it's about as yeah. you say that creativity and my girls just love I mean they sometimes get Alexa to do all kinds of music I'm like what are you <laughs> listening to but it is it's that rhythm it's that beat it's mm. that that just go wild and I think Absolutely. a lot of the things happen because again there's that stigma behind where you have to be a musician to enjoy yeah. music absolutely not no I completely agree and I think uh, you know part of our training as music therapists is to forget everything we know about music to yeah. you know everyone's been classically trained or has played their instrument for umpteen years and knows everything there is to know about how to play that instrument and part of our training is really strip that away create a completely new relationship with music that isn't about playing the right notes or making it sound beautiful it's about response responsivity that's not a word but res responding responsiveness yeah. and being with another person in the music and you know, there's lots of jazz musicians and lots of musicians who will be used to being with people in music and improvising and kind of, you know, seeing where the music takes them. But it's not about that. It's about, yeah, following that lead of that client. Yeah. And yeah, your example of your girls, it's just perfect because children sing so freely yeah. and quite often tiny ones, you know, toddlers, if they're given an instruction, you know, can you go and get your welly boots on? It'll take them a while to do it, but once they're getting around to thinking about it, you'll sometimes hear them singing. So they're yeah. they're processing that that instruction through song to understand what it is they've been asked to do, and yeah. it's just wonderful. It's you know we we are musical before we can speak, and yeah. that rhythm and that natural kind of musicality is yeah, it's just amazing to tap into. Yeah. So would you kind of suggest, I guess, in that sense, then for your mental health? have music on all the time or see I not necessarily all the time but I have found myself having more music on than even we normally do you know we're yeah. we're a very musical family and if we're not asking Alexa to play something then my children are normally asking her for the Paw Patrol theme tune or something yeah. like that we've got disco um, music in this house at the moment brilliant yeah. <laughs> I think I'd much rather that <laughs> Um, I have found myself listening to music more than yeah normal and and having different music for different things obviously but um, you know sometimes in the morning I like to listen to classic FM because then I don't have to think about it and it's just nice and it's soothing and I can get my coffee and get the kids breakfast and and it, it sort of calms the room yeah. and yeah my daughter's got into a nice habit of kind of it disco kitchen discos yeah. in the evening so just as we're getting ready for bed she comes in and puts on dance monkey and um so I think yeah it's, it's definitely a very personal thing and it might be some people say oh, I don't know what to listen to and I try and 
if you can think of one song that you like, I mean, this is why it's so easy now. You can literally go on something like Spotify, find one song that you like, and then Spotify will create you a whole playlist around that song. So you might like this and you might like this. And actually, you suddenly find yourself down a little rabbit hole of memories of, yeah. oh, I remember that from uni and I remember that from when we got married. And, you know, all those kind of formative years of your teens and your 20s when you are becoming a person that music is the music that is so solid in your brain and you've probably forgotten most of it but when it comes on and you're out dancing you can't help but be transported back to that sticky dance floor at university yeah (laughs) Um, we've all been there (laughs) yeah exactly and that's actually one of the tools that's used in uh, music for dementia care a lot that it's going back to those songs of your late teens and your early 20s and finding out what era this person's 20s were in and what kind of music might they have liked and um, creating playlists around that. So yeah, I would say Amazing. find something that you enjoy, yeah. let Spotify take you down a rabbit hole and then you might come across something else. And if not, just just stick on a radio station and yeah. just see what comes up. And I think with the way, as you say, with the way of technology, I mean, the girls will sometimes say to Alexa, Alexa, play unicorn music. And all things, all kinds of things come on. And I'm like, what are you listening to? And they're like, unicorn music, mummy. <laughs> but it's about them being that connection to words mm. and music and that, Absolutely. as you say, going down that rabbit hole and yeah. what it can bring and kind of being free to that. So mm. obviously, therefore, do you think it helps with your mental health? And do you mm. think music is a way that we can use to kind of feel better and feel more emotionally charged? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's um, really great research about singing and the release of endocannabinoids, which are part of those happy hormones and that kind of um, dopamine hit that you get. So they're comparing singing to, I can't think what all the comparisons were, but one of them was running, that stuck in my mind because I run, and one of them was some other, maybe it was art, but another kind of creative form. Um, And the the release of that those happy dopamine hits after singing was higher than any of the others and it was sort of longer lasting so and they were kind of measuring it on rates of postnatal depression which okay. i mean that literally like ties everything up in a beautiful package for me yeah. but it it really can singing can help you feel better it helps you feel calmer it can regulate your heartbeat it can calm your whole body down which we know is connected to the brain and if your body's feeling calm your brain can have a bit more space to think and kind of plan um and even just listening to music and moving your body to music can have a big effect as well so yeah so whether it whether you are a musical person and you want to create music or improvise or just play whatever feels nice on the day or whether you don't think you're musical at all and you don't have any instruments in the house just move and just sing and just if you're in your own home which you know we all are at the moment no one else is there to judge your singing and that's the beauty of it I keep saying yeah. that to my mums you know you're all muted I can't hear you <laughs> yeah, no one cares just just sing to your babies um so yeah I think there there is a a, a great connection between music and our mental health and the using it as an outlet and as a sort of creative flow 
um, but also using it for relaxation, for movement, you know, running with music or exercising to music, um, relaxing to music at the end of the day. Um, there's lots of really lovely kind of um, guided relaxations with music in. And then once you've kind of been brought down to a nice relaxed state, you just listen to the music for a while and it's nothing, you know, crazy beat or anything. It would just be lots of them are kind of ambient sounds, but sometimes it is music and then you come back out of it and it's you just feel refreshed you haven't actually done anything you haven't yeah. exercised you haven't moved but yeah sometimes yeah a bit absolutely because i know that i feel better in if i've run when i've when i'm doing the music mm. versus when i just run although it's probably better for my breathing sometimes to not have the music <laughs> yeah i enjoy that run more when you have that certain mm. beat and you can kind of i can't listen to any kind of music and and for me, like, I know friends that listen to, like, podcasts and stuff yeah. when they're running, but I need that musical beat and that kind of energetic way rather than somebody yeah. talking to me. Yeah. And it's, I think that's it. Once you find the piece or the pieces or the beat or the rhythm, you find the BPM that works for you while you're exercising and keep going for miles. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And me time, even better. Yeah, exactly. Just don't choose one that's too fast and then you <laughs> run out in five minutes. <laughs> so I guess thinking about that and thinking about lockdown for you, um, having children at home, how have you found it? Yeah, it's it's been a challenge, I think. Because they're of, eight ugh. and five, is that right? Yeah, my daughter's almost eight. So she's in year three. And my Yeah, my son's just started reception. So he's just got the hang of being at school. And now we're in lockdown again. Yeah. Um, and with my work as a music therapist, I, I'm a key worker, so they could be in school. Um, but because I'm also clinically vulnerable, we decided not to send them to school. And also because we are both working at home at the moment, we figured it was doable, manageable in the loosest sense of the word. Um, we're quite fortunate that we've got a, a garden office. So okay. when whoever, which one of us is working is in the office, it's a very boundary space for the children. So they know not to interrupt whoever's yeah. in the office. And we didn't have that last year. So that has made a huge difference this time. Um, but yeah, it has been hugely challenging. I mean, neither of us are teachers and not that I think that would make it any easier because teaching your own children is obviously different to teaching a class full of however many. But it's been, yeah, definitely one of the hardest things we've had to, to manage as a family. And we have had lots of lovely moments, um, but I'm not going to rose tint and sugarcoat it. it I'm not going to look back fondly on this time. I'm going to be glad that it was short lived and temporary and that we were lucky enough to have the space to work, a garden to be outside in, local walks, etc. Um, yeah, it's. I think key stage trying to do early years and key stage two yeah. and run a business and work. It's just too much. We're not meant to do all of those things together. And I yeah. think what, you know, whatever's happening at home to suddenly have school age children at home and trying to still school is, you know, we don't do that. We're not, if it's the half term holiday, a, they're not schooling. And usually we'd have a couple of days off anyway to sort of be together. Yeah. Um, and if we'd chosen to homeschool, it would be it would look very different to this. So, yeah, it's been challenging. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess 
with your husband doing a similar thing to you, it's also you both know that you're trying to run the same mm. businesses where I guess there's people at home where they're doing two different things as well. But yeah, that must come with its challenges as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's that's been one of the hardest things for us this year, because normally, normally pre-COVID, we would both be out at work and then we would both have times where we were at home working. But our week didn't line up. So one of us would be out and one of us would be at home. So we were always kind of crossing over and then to suddenly be on top of each other in the house, all four of us constantly trying to work side by side and trying to run a business together and still yeah. trying to be a married couple you know it it was like there's there's too many hats on the same body and I don't know how to be all of those things anymore and yeah I think it's taken us a long time to work out how to balance it really yeah and I know we're not alone in that I know there's you know couples up and down the country who have been trying to do all of those things and more and yeah just can't wait for the 8th of March yeah <laughs> So thinking about kind of your, so you've got music groups and what else do you do? Because you write your own songs, is that right? We do, yeah. So so this is definitely something that's kind of come out of lockdown that prior to COVID, I was doing, yeah, lots of groups, five groups a week. And I knew that I didn't want to do any more than that. So I work two days as music therapist. I was doing two days of groups and then my fifth day was kind of all the other stuff. Um, yeah. And I knew that I didn't want to do any more little hearts groups than that. But I also wanted the business to grow. So this year um, I've been doing some more kind of focusing on mum's work. So uh, Little Hearts was always meant to be about therapeutic use of music for parents and babies and little ones. Um, And then obviously in the kind of practical running, it just became about doing the, the kind of baby groups. So this year I've been doing a bit more, uh, so I've done some musical relaxation, some guided relaxations for mums. Um, and once we come out of lockdown, I'm planning to run a nurture group, which will be um, postnatal women. So okay. thinking especially about all those mums who've had new babies in the last 12 months or, you know, even maybe the last 14, 15 months, because you're sort of just getting your head around your newborn and just about yeah. to leave the house and suddenly we're in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those mums have been coming to my groups online and I just want to be able to offer them something to think about everything that's happened and to talk about it and to play about it and to feel like there's a space to express it all because, you know, we have this great ability to forget the awful things that have happened to us and move on from them. But actually, this is going to be one of the things that unites women of this generation you know women who've had children in the last year and a half in 5 10 15 20 years time this will be you know the thing that that keeps them yeah sort of cemented and actually yes you want to forget elements of it and be able to move on in life but it's important to think about it and to work through it and to understand how it's impacted you and your baby and potential future relationships so um yeah so that's something I will be doing and and sort of focusing on the mums um not more than the babies but making sure there's things in my week that are for mum and for baby and together um and the Duchess of Cambridge's report that came out 
where are we it must have been end of last year november 2020 five big insights that's been really helpful in kind of framing the work because she asked some questions at the beginning of 2020 five big questions about um under fives um and the five big insights have been released and they they're i mean they're they're fantastically useful it's things like um people understand the kind of that babies aren't born with their world laid out for them you know it involves nurture but actually people still don't understand the importance of the early years and how you know fundamental it is to have love and care and support and obviously that this year some of those things just haven't been available to the babies and the mums so yes without kind of going into her report too much it's just been a really useful framework for kind of thinking about the the mums group and and how I can use it to to really help them yeah definitely and for me with the the goal of having the centre and the rainbow Mm -hmm. and that holistic way of thinking is exactly that I know I can't work with just the children it needs to be that whole family approach because most of the time they go home to the same place and actually even if for the parents it's just that 40 45 minutes for them Mm. when they drop their child off just having to stay in that space and have that cup of tea and that cake without feeling guilty or have that massage or have something for them it's that package and that whole approach because we know as mums how often do we just sit down and do nothing probably not enough I do pause and stop. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. the most relaxing things I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having a chat, I've got a cup of tea. Yes. <laughs> Two an hour sleep, I think. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's so where true. can? I think, yeah. Sorry, I think that sounds like a really wonderful idea of your centre and yeah just sort of providing that space and there's things here if you want them but if you don't want them that's fine but just yeah. sit and just be yeah. and don't think about anything yeah. for 45 and, minutes yeah. you know yeah and have that time if you do yeah. want to catch up on emails at least you're doing it peacefully without Definitely. anyone but I'm hoping that the technology will be banned and mm. people won't want that and instead they'll yeah. want to kind of embrace that holistic way but got to find the yeah. venue first but it will come yeah. So where can people find out all about you and everything that you do? Oh, we're all over the place. We're um, on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Little Hearts Music. Um, and we have a website, which is www.littleheartsmusic.com. Um, so there's lots of information on the website and people can get in touch via the website or message me on Instagram or anything um, with any questions. Um, currently everything's obviously via Zoom, but I'm hopeful that come April I'll be back. I just need to check with the venue, um, but we should be able to be back mid-April. And yeah, we've got things up on YouTube. So if you're wanting kind of music or songs for your little ones, there's lots up on YouTube. And if you want the mum's relaxation, that's available as well at the moment, which is www.littleheartsmusic.com forward slash relax. So you can get hold of that there for 10 minutes of guided musical relaxation for exhausted parents. Absolutely. And you're actually, because we're obviously doing this by Zoom, but where are you actually based? I'm actually in Redhill, sorry. So just south of the M25. Um, Yeah, so my groups run in Merstham and, well, we were in Earlswood as well, which is just the other side of Redhill, but Redhill based. Yeah. 
you. So thinking about then, I end each podcast with asking people what would be in your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So what would be in your pot of gold? Um, I would probably say just for everyone to use the power of music whether it's their singing voice whether it's moving to music whether it's playing music whether it's musical interaction with other people or their children or their babies just knowing that if nothing else singing is amazing and it does wonderful things to your body and to the listener and is just so beneficial yeah amazing sounds perfect so just to let the listeners know that next week we'll be speaking to solly from yellow sun and she's all about busting that adhd stigma and supporting families and training teachers and kind of just seeing the magic of these people and what we can do for them so we look forward to speaking to her so thanks again for joining us and take care everyone and i'll speak to you all soon bye bye for now <laughs>